0: Indiana, W286CM Available in HD, broadcasting from the 99 approved.com studio Go down, drop in, it's the moment you're open Wait for it's us. the show where Indy comes to talk, open lines, with Indy's newsman Cameron Riddle, starts now on the new hot, 100.9 Indy's Hip Hop Station one, one, two, two, three. hold up
1: Good morning to Indianapolis. It is Sunday, March 12th, 2023. And before you get confused, it is 8 o'clock. We lost an hour last night. It is daylight savings time day where we spring forward. So it is 8 o'clock, not 7 o'clock. Today actually increases. um, You'll see an increase in people having heart attacks because of the shock. I'll talk about that here in just a second but it is eight o'clock and if you're up and you're with us uh good morning to you if you're gonna miss the show hope you'll check out the podcast because it is eight o'clock not seven o'clock on the show here this morning we'll have a good time with some open lines we'll open the phone lines up to you uh for the majority of the show we'll talk about whatever is on your mind a number of surprising shocking things happen in the news this week uh right here in indianapolis and across the nation One of the surprises that happened this week was the first candidate of the mayor's race for Indianapolis. The first candidate has dropped out of the race. Democratic candidate Greg Merriweather was one of the first people that we interviewed here on Open Lines back at the end of 2022. Well, he is now the first person to drop out of the race, and he is throwing his support behind his fellow Democrat, Representative Robin Shackelford. That caught a lot of people by surprise as there's a lot of folks who happen to like Greg Merriweather. I was seeing a lot of good things about him and what folks were saying about him. So that has already changed the game, which could help Robin Shackelford become the first black woman to be mayor of Indianapolis. We're going to talk with Greg Merriweather coming up here in just a moment. He's standing by on our live line. And then after that, we'll have open lines for the rest of the show. You'll be the co-host. You'll be the guest. We'll talk about what's on your mind and what you want the folks to know. Coming up uh, after our conversation with Greg Merriweather. As I was saying a moment ago, it is uh, the first day of Daylight Savings Time. Last Sunday, I had told you about our event with the Indianapolis Association of Black Journalists that a lot of you... Uh, listeners of this show heard about and then showed up to. So thank you uh, for that. We had a great turnout at the Skyline Club uh, last week. And uh, I know I'm making sure I say thank you to you because we can see who's buying tickets when and we could see people buying tickets during this show uh, last week. So thank you uh, so much. We had a good time and we're already planning for next year to do uh, even bigger and better. As you know, I was the MC of that event. It was also a fundraiser, which... Uh, We raised uh, more than $8,000 for scholarships uh, that night. So uh, I'm also apparently a pretty good auctioneer because I had to auction off a uh, painting at the last second with no preparation, and uh, that sold too. So thank you very much. Today is the first day of Daylight Savings Time, so set your clocks forward. Thankfully, most of the clocks in my house are switching uh, by themselves, so that's not a shocker. However... It is jarring, and there are facts to prove it. Daylight savings time takes a toll on your heart. One study found a 24% increase in heart attacks on the Monday after daylight savings time starts. Another found the risk of stroke is 8% higher on the two days following the time change. So if you're feeling out of sorts like I am this morning, because you look at one clock and it says one time, then you go into another room, it says another time. You're like, wait, what time is it? I've had that several times in just the hours that I've been up. Because when you get into the car, the time is different again. And then when you open the garage today, you find out that it's snowed. Now, I know the weather people said it was going to snow. They said it was going to be a chance of snow. But, no, it's snowed for real. Uh, it's not sticking on the roads, but it's sticking on the houses, on your car, on the roof. It, every other surface is snow covered this morning here on March 12th. And that, too, is jarring. And then to add on to the jar, I couldn't find my phone this morning. I'm in the car trying to find the phone because I'm trying to figure out what the time is to set to the car. And I'm patting all my pockets. I'm about to go back in the house and find my phone. And I realize I'm literally looking at it. It's on the dashboard of the car. So all that adds up to say why I could see how you could be surprised and have heart attacks with all these different uh, jarring time changes uh, on daylight savings time. So please change all your clocks as quickly as you can so you can get on the right time. We're going to talk with you this morning at 317-239-1009. I'll open, the, I'll open up the phone lines here in a couple of minutes, but first I want to start with Greg Merriweather. Um, as I said, he was one of the first people who uh, we had on the show back in December when he declared his candidacy for mayor of Indianapolis. Um, and we've been uh, on a quest, if you will, to interview every candidate of for mayor of Indianapolis. We've got three more to go. Uh, um, among the next two, we're going to have, uh, is Bob Kern. He doesn't know it yet, but I'll be calling him this week to try to get him on next week. And then former Republican County, City County Councilor member uh, Jefferson Treve is among the other three um, who I'll be reaching out to. And then we will have interviewed everybody. But before we could do that, there's already been one less candidate in the race. It is Greg Merriweather. He could have been the first black male mayor of indianapolis but that will not be happening as he is now putting his support uh with state representative robin shackelford who is also running as a democrat for mayor greg merriweather joins us on our live line right now good morning sir
2: hey how are you i'm good how are you i'm doing great thank you thanks for having me on
1: well thank you like i said you were one of the first people that i reached out to back in december um it, it seemed to me like you were getting some some attraction. People liked you. One of the things that I had heard uh, from some folks was that you had a lot of charisma and that you were, like, very likable. Um, but there's been a change. <laughs> what happened? There's some surprising news this week.
2: You know, I, I mean, one, I am I am um, I'm grateful to have the opportunity to run to possibly be the leader of the city of Indianapolis. You know, Cameron, I have to say that, you know, a lot of people, you know, may have said a lot of things, but a lot of things are kind of underground. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, when it comes down to, you know, I I really, I'm excited to tell this story in the future, but you learn so much. And uh, when you're a person who's out in the community and you're used to giving and giving, and then you find that when you're on the opposite end of it, The support's not not the same. And so, um, which could be a little disheartening, but at the same time, you know, you understand that, you know, some things just don't pan out the way you think they should. But uh, overall, man, it's been a great journey. But for me, you know, looking at it and then having the conversations, I spoke with Robin, and we really understood that our messages were similar. And so, just came to the terms where, one, I really wanted, you know, the African-American community to have, I guess, you know, really one candidate to choose from. And so um, the win-win, I think, for the city of Indianapolis, you know, from a historical perspective is if in both primaries you have the ability to vote for um, an African-American to be the mayor. And so that excites me. Um, I want to be on the right side of history, and so I'm putting my hat and my resources behind uh, Robin Shackleford. Uh,
1: The May primary is coming up. It doesn't seem like it, but it's less than two months away now. You know, you talked about uh, the the opportunity for there to be um, a black mayor. You still have the opportunity to do that uh, with Robin Shackleford on the Democrat side. And then on the Republican side, you have uh, Pastor James Jackson, our fellow radio talk show host, and our other fellow radio talk show host Abdul Hakeem Shabazz on the Republican side uh, yeah. used to have a chance for the, to make them the first black mayor of Indianapolis. But obviously you want to put your support uh, behind a Democrat. What was the campaign for you like? Because I even remember, um, you know, you, have, you you post quite frequently on, on Facebook, and I followed your page, your campaign mm-hmm. page. And uh, I know at one time you had uh, put, there was something that you put, and I can't, I, I can't remember the quote. Oh, the it, Challenges. But, yeah, you yeah. Were, you were facing some challenges. Like you, it, things it, it felt like things were getting really difficult. Folks, you were saying folks were talking and whatnot. What was that about? Yeah, you know the challenges
2: came, and I, I really it was shocking uh, the challenge about the challenges. And one day we'll have to get in depth about it, but it was it was interesting because um, one of the challenges came from an insider, mm-hmm. and and it was a person who uh, worked for voter registration. And I guess they didn't understand the rules, so they took it upon themselves to basically pull my file and question my voting history, and which was to me a total conflict of interest, because if they're there and they're privy to some information, and even though she was wrong in, in her interpretation of having the ability to to, to look into my record, um, I thought that was distasteful, and so that challenge, you know, I I challenged that challenge. Um, Behind the scenes, because of the conflict of interest, and basically it was thrown out at that
1: point what was the most difficult part about um uh, running for mayor? Was it that you were that you yourself uh you know you're a, a, a strategist an activist in, in in ways was it that you're not a politician um what what or what made it difficult
2: I guess a lot of things um one I do think from a from a political perspective that was one thing. But I think that also, you know, I've probably rubbed a lot of politicians the wrong way.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but but for me, it was just about accountability. I think that, the, you know, it, it's from registering to vote to actually voting. And then the third part about the voting process is holding the people you elected or whomever has been elected accountable. And you find that there are there's a lot of sensitivity in that um and then i've also done the same thing with black leadership in indianapolis and just challenging it and so it brought about a lot of people who really don't care to hear the message but i think that really what they're missing is the message is the message is great for them and great for all um maybe it comes off a little more abrasive but the, but the love is there and so i think that played a role in it as well um, and then we and then we're also you know, when when you're the person involved in a community like I am, it's like the people that you're used to are probably the people who don't have the resources to backfit candidates. And so it's it's a broader uh scale of how to go about to actually generate capital to be able to be in the fight.
1: Open up the phone lines this morning. We're talking with Greg Merriweather, who was one of the first candidates to jump in for mayor and is now one of the first candidates to jump out of the race for mayor. 317-239-1009. He's throwing his support behind Representative Robin Shackelford, who could... Uh, become the first black woman to be mayor of Indianapolis. Greg, let me ask you this. There were some folks that said, I really liked this Greg Merriweather. I really like him. He's he's smooth. He's got some style. I like what he's talking about. But I feel like he's not going to be able to connect with the white voters in Indianapolis because uh, his agenda is so uh, black. And while that that's great, you know, you got to be the mayor of, of everybody. Did you see uh, that as a challenge?
2: I do not see it as a challenge. I think that, you know, from, from, Anybody's cultural perspective, naturally, they're going to look at themselves. The unfortunate part about me looking at us, Black people as a community, um, is that when I look at us, I know that we're we're still part of the whole, but we're at the bottom. And for me, and and any other race of people, I think that they should look at it from a perspective of understanding where I am, and if I were if I were a race of different color or creed. Um, and my people are on the bottom. I will want I will want for them to excel as well. But overall, um, I think that, you know, I've always stood for people and the right thing. And and no matter what your color, or creed or, you know, your gender or whatever, I'm a person who says I stand for people and I want all people to achieve whatever their goals are to to achieve in this country. And And I will I will always stand for that and fight for that.
1: Three one seven two three nine one zero zero nine. Three one seven two three nine one zero zero nine. You throw in your support behind uh Robin Shackleford. A part of mm-hmm. that reason is because you want uh voters to have a single black person to vote for. However, mm-hmm. you also have Larry Vaughn who's running as a as a Democrat. Uh mm-hmm. why not throw your support behind Larry?
2: You know <laughs> it's interesting, you know. Nothing against Larry, but you know, when I had my um, one of my first conversations actually was, was with you. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just uh, Larry has his own opinions, which are which are fair uh, to have. I think that you know his immediate reaction to me was to just basically sit down. You're underqualified, um, but being that I'm not a person who goes out and says all the work that I've done behind the scenes, because that's never been my style, um, it doesn't disqualify me. And and the and the other thing with that is. You know, Larry being the person who understands policy and, and all these types of things,
3: mm-hmm. I
2: think he would go for my brother, go for my brother because this is what democracy is and you should have the ability to run from there. But he didn't say that. And so from that perspective, I think he's flawed in his own way. So I put my, my again, I'm putting my support behind Robin.
1: 317-239-1009, 317-239-1009. We've gone to the phone lines here in just a second. Um, what was, if any conversations, what were they like with uh, incumbent Mayor Joe Hogsett?
2: You know, it's very interesting, and I'm glad you asked that question. You know, uh, Mayor Hogsett and I have not had conversation since I interviewed him with my podcast, probably uh, during his first term. Mm-hmm. Um, the sad part about it is I would have loved to, you know, to talk with him because I was the strategic initiative liaison between IMPD and the community. Mm-hmm. And initially they wanted me to be the crime prevention director. And they just got political. And the reason they got political is because I was told you will challenge the mayor. And I had, you know, and if that's the case, I'll ride with that. But I think that, you know, we didn't we didn't talk because I don't think he wants real allies. I think he wants people who just do what he tells them to do. And being I'm a person that can follow orders, but I'm also a person who says, you know what, I have some grand thought um, that could help the city and that administration. It goes back to what uh, Steve Jobs said. He said, um, I don't hire smart people to tell them what to do. I hire them to tell me what to do. And I think that that's the area and reason why uh, Mayor Joe said and I did not speak. And also a reason I think he's failing in his administration.
1: Three one seven two three nine one zero zero nine. We're on the air this morning with Greg Merriweather, one of the Democrats who was the first to jump in the race back at the end of 2022 and now is one of the first to jump out of the race and is putting his support by behind his fellow Democrat and current state representative Robin Shackelford, who is running for mayor, could be the first black woman for mayor. She remains now the well, she always has been, but she's the (laughs) only woman uh, in this race. And so you uh, have a, a number of, of ways history could be made with uh, either the first black mayor, well, may they be a Republican or Democrat, um, or you could have Joe Hogsett. And so we will see the way things shape out. In the meantime, give us a call, 317-239-1009. We'll go to the phones now and talk to you as we talk with Greg Merriweather uh, about what's next. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Good
4: morning. My name's Elaine. Hi,
1: Elaine.
4: I just good morning. Um, I just want to say, Greg, I have heard you on the radio and you had some really good and strong points about our city. I am happy that you threw your point, your um support to Robin Shacklefield who for our city. I was reading a piece of her campaign literature and it says Tomorrow must be equitable for all residents, all families in all neighborhoods and to me, that speaks volumes that she's willing to look at the whole city, not just a portion of the city and then there's something else um you had mentioned that you were challenged. everyone out there needs to know that when they run for office and I'm you know I'm not a part of um the party establishment can be challenged for different reasons. And one of the reasons that they can be challenged is if their voting record doesn't show um, that they're a strong, I'm not even going to say that their voting record doesn't show that they have voted at least twice in a democratic primary. And it doesn't have to be any number of years that they voted that way, but if they voted Democrat and then Republican and then voted Democrat again, then they would have to get permission from the county chair in order to run. But that is a rule because I looked it up because I was watching the voting hearing, the election hearing, and I couldn't understand why some people were being challenged and some people got away with some of the things that they were doing. We have one person that lives in um, District 1 and has a church in District, has a church in District 1, so lives in District 6, and is currently running in District 1, and he was able to get away with that. So um, I don't know why some of the rules are made the way they are. I don't know why someone challenged you if you had a good voting record. So it is something that I think that needs to be looked at. Thank you.
1: Thanks for the call, Elaine. Greg, to you. Uh, You know,
2: I, I, I thank her for that um, in her commentary. You no, know, the challenge, the challenge is great. I had no, I agree. I think that, um, being challenged is excellent because it feeds into my point of speaking on, you know, holding our elected officials accountable. That's a challenge. I think that in this case, it was, it was not necessarily just a challenge because an insider, it would be like someone working in a medical office, taking your records exposing them basically for your demise so the way it went the way the challenge came about was was what i was concerned about and that's why i was dropped before we even went to stand before the board um so so that's that case
1: three one seven two three nine one zero zero nine three one seven two three nine one zero zero nine on the air this morning with greg merriweather before we do uh open lines with you caller on line two good morning who's this
5: hey look cameron this is uh, Larry. You bought my name up. Listen, Greg didn't <laughs> read the uh, declaration. It says right on the back. You at what you, the requirements are. That's the problem with most people that try to jump into politics and don't understand the game. Hey, I got challenged, too. But when I went to the hearing, it was withdrawn immediately. So, you know. I think that people need to take a good look at Robin Shackelford. All she's been doing is surfacing on abortion and uh, GLBTQ, and she's really an embarrassment over at the state house. All you have to do is go to one committee meeting wherein she's participating and see what she what her political experience is being clubbed in the head with that well bone that they have for their gavel and being told to sit down and shut up. That's what she gets, and the whole thing with the other uh, co- their caucus, the uh, I the leg, Indiana black legislative caucus, they have no power. They be are beat down and, and, and Vanessa uh Summers had the nerve to threaten me uh, uh Monday one Tuesday when I went over there to have my display threatened to have me thrown out by two uh, officers. I talked to uh, Captain Beeman over there. He's in control of security. She said she has no jurisdiction, Larry. As long as you're coming down here doing your routine, there's nothing she can do for me. But for her to threaten me and try to censor me for telling her what I thought, uh, I didn't didn't really think about her, but now I'm going to concentrate on her And, you know, Robin Shackelford, she needs to withdraw her candidacy, too, because she's nothing but trying to surface, just like uh, the Hanley girl did on abortion and on GLBTQ rights, forcing three- and four-year-old preschoolers to have sex changes. So people need to take a good look at them and how they are getting into office. I mean, it's meaningless over there because the majority—I don't know whether you know about politics or not, Cameron—the majority— minority is nothing they all the majority does is make up arbitrary rules and extinguishes them and pits them out of the game they don't want to hear from them they don't want anything one time Vanessa told me uh that Brian Bosler told him to come in sit down shut up and pick your checkup so that's all they're there to do they Uh lie to you they can't do nothing to help you but there's a there's a thing tonight uh, whoever's out there, the women's ladies under construction, uh, call me and give me the address because there's a forum tonight at their church out on 42nd, I think it is. I'm going to be there. Robin's not going to be there. At least I hadn't heard anything for her because she's shameful. She don't need to be in a church. She'll probably do like the witch on the Wizard of Oz. with she got that bucket of water through on her for, for servicing on abortion and GLBTQ. Thanks, Cameron.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, Larry Vine, one of your Democratic candidates for the mayor of Indianapolis. Let's keep going. 317-239-1009. 317-239-1009. Caller on line three. Good morning, who's this?
6: <coughs> Good morning.
1: <laughs> Good morning, morning. brother
6: M.O. Tep. and thanks, uh, former candidate Meriwether. We appreciate you for putting your feet in the water. Thank I've you, considered now, uh, next time around, uh, maybe running uh, for office here. Uh, we got a lot of local and uh, community duties I do, but I, I'll, I'm going to consider it. Um, I would not address the last call that we're children and, and, and we try to teach decorum, mm-hmm. and I, I think that's what's lacking now is decorum. I think it started under former President Obama when he was, you know, they called him out, they told him you you a liar and. The State of Union speech, and then, of course, went on with former President Trump. And now I just read an article on Witch TV about white supremacy on the rise in Indiana, 80% increase, and they say most of it is in Indianapolis. So yeah. I just want to appeal to our people to keep decorum, understand this process has been tainted by the Citizens United decision of the Supreme Court. Money has just overrun politics. If you follow Robert Reich, Paul Krugman, some of our best economists, Robert Reich both, was the former labor secretary and economist. Uh, we just, the, the money in politics has screwed everything up. You don't have the system designed to help the common people anymore. It's yeah. designed to help the aristocracy and the plutocracy. And that's what we're fighting. So I want to applaud you for at least attempting. I don't understand the challenge system. I will look it up and study it and see. Uh, but you did at least bring uh, attention. Um, and we do need to make sure all communities are represented. If Robin is trying to do that, you've thrown your weight in, I mean, you've thrown your support in behind Robin. I don't see a problem with that. I think that we need to quit disparaging one another because I'll finish with this. Lauren Bobert, born to a 17-year-old mother, who herself mm-hmm. was 17 when she bore a child, who now has a 17-year-old child who's going to have a child. And every conservative known to man is championing it. I remember decades of black women getting degraded for having children young or out of wedlock. So we know that the other side, when it fits their means, they're going to support theirs right, wrong, and different. Tucker Carlson said those people were visiting in the Capitol. They were visitors. They were being tour guides and stuff. And we know that wasn't the case. So I applaud you. applaud my people. Stick up for my people. Always have. Always will. And thanks for taking my call.
1: Thank you, MOTEP. Greg, let me ask you this before we wrap up. Having now been a candidate for mayor of Indianapolis, is Indianapolis ready for a black person or a black man to be mayor, never mind if they're Democrat or Republican? Having been out there, is the, is, is the city, did you come across enough people who you felt were accepting enough of that idea?
2: I came across enough people who were accepting. Um, I think accepting and willing are two different things
3: Mm -hmm.
2: i think that we accept the fact that it could be possible Mm -hmm. are we willing to make it happen is the challenge um you know when i look at the, the incumbent i realize that he plays into our desire for success so if he walks into nap or nothing and puts a jacket on his back, they look at it from a perspective of saying that this is helping our business, but not necessarily realizing how it's hurting our community, because this person has not done what's necessary for them to even have that business. And so when when I realize it's easy to play our people, um, it makes the possibility challenging. I do believe we want it, but I'll say it again. Are we willing to do what's necessary to make it happen? And that's where I stand with that.
1: What's next for Greg Merriweather? Do we see you in another race, or are you going to go do something else? Are you done?
2: Oh, no, I'm not done. You're going to see me staying active, you know, pushing my book, Utopia Black. Um, But I'm going to be behind this campaign, but I'm also going to just remain on the front lines and continue fighting for the people of Indianapolis uh, and the least of these uh, to make sure that, you know, that their voices are still heard. So I'll still be keeping my voice active, but you'll see me again in another race.
1: All right. Greg Merriweather jumping out of the race for mayor, putting his support behind Robin Shackelford. Uh, Greg, thank you for uh, coming on the show, uh, answering the phone when I give you a call. I appreciate it. And uh, please stay in touch and let me know what's going on.
2: I will. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate you.
1: All right. Still to come here on Open Lines, it's time. To open the phone lines, 317-239-1009. 317-239-1009. What's on your mind? It's time to talk to you. I hear from a number of people during the week. Cameron, I'm always trying to get in on the show. I'm always trying to call in. All I ever hear is a busy signal. I'm just pressing clear right now all the phone lines are open so call me it's time to talk to you i don't have anything else to talk about so somebody better call so we can have something to talk about for the next 30 minutes here on the radio it's time to talk to you it's open lines 317-239-1009 we got to pay some bills and we'll be back with more open lines with Indy's newsman cameron riddle on 106.7 wtlc and hot 100.9 after this
0: Open Lines is Indy's favorite Sunday morning show. It's the show that brings you news about what's happening in Indy and around the world with Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle. It's the show where Indy comes to talk. It's Open Lines with Cameron Riddle.
1: And we're back here on Open Lines 835. It's 835, not 735, if it says 735 on your clock, go ahead and change it. We lost an hour last night as we sprang forward for daylight savings time. And I'm letting y'all know it's messing with me real bad. I went to bed late. I had an energy drink before I went to bed because I just drove back from Cleveland, Ohio last night. Then you go to bed, that's jarring for your body to go from high energy to sleep. And then I got shorted by an hour. That was shocking this morning. And then I went outside and there's snow on the ground. Another shot. So please be careful. If you're with me at the top of the show, I was telling you about this statistic. On daylight savings, there is a a study found a 24% increase in heart attacks on the Monday the day after Daylight Savings Time. And I can see why, because this is absolutely jarring. I don't like it, and when I get done with the show, I'm going back home to go to sleep. We will catch church uh, virtual today. Uh, Praise the Lord, all right? 317-239-1009, 317-239-1009. It is time to do open lines and talk to you. It's been a while since we just uh, opened the phone lines and chatted it up with you guys. I always hear from a lot of people say, I'm always trying to get in the show, but I can never get through. Well, I hope today is that day because we have plenty of time uh, to talk. And by the way, for uh, a lot of folks showed up to our event uh, earlier this week, the Meet the Media Night at Skyline Club on Tuesday. Thank you to all of you who showed up. Uh, It was a great event, but a lot of you, I got a couple messages. Hey, I wasn't able to make it. Are you going to do something similar? Are you going to do another one? It looked good, saw the pictures. We are working on the next event, so stay tuned. 317-239-1009. You know, one of the stories that broke uh, while we were actually on the air last uh, Sunday, I had joked that I said, you know, Mike Epps isn't up at this time of day because uh, I went to his concert last Saturday, which was a great, great show here in Sex with the entertainer Earthquake DC Youngfly great show and I had joked I said you know shout out to Mike Epps for always putting on for Indianapolis for all the good things he's doing bringing us good headlines that is a good dude right there we love Mike Epps and we're gonna always rock with him as I was saying that I said but Mike Epps isn't up I said if Mike Epps if you're listening shout out to you I said but Mike Epps is not up at this hour well Mike Epps actually was up at this hour I don't know that he was in the car listening to this show at 8 a.m but I do know that at 9 a.m he was inside of the Indianapolis airport, and that's where they found a gun in his backpack. Uh, you might have saw the video from Mike uh, who said, hey, look, I always stay strapped up. It's, cra- it's crazy out there. I don't always have my security, but I have jewelry with me. I've got money with me. You know, when I'm home, you know, i got to protect myself, and he has the right to do that. Um, but he just forgot to take it out of his bag when he was going to catch his Sunday morning flight back to the airport. Now, he was not uh, arrested or anything. Um, The Marion County Prosecutor's Office will determine if there will be charges filed. I would bet you the charges will not be filed uh, because it was an accident. Mike Epps is a good dude, and everybody loves Mike Epps. But I know a lot of people were talking about that this week, and funny that that happened uh, on the show. I hope I didn't jinx it, but uh, Mike Epps still obviously doing plenty of great things. And uh, he handled that uh, very well. That's among the shocking things that uh, were surprising uh, this week. That and along with IMPD announcing that they arrested a 60-year-old woman for prostitution on the east side of Indianapolis. Didn't see that one coming. I did not have that on uh, my news bingo card uh, for the week. What's going on with y'all? 317-239-1009. 317-239-1009. Let's go to the phones. Caller on line one. It's open lines. Who's this?
7: Hey, Cameron, how you doing today?
1: I'm good. How are you?
7: Oh, I'm well. I got a, uh, I got some, I wanted to try to put some solutions out here and see if they can have a chance at working. Okay. How come, how come in, in our community, can we bring our children back to our community and build these schools and have our children in our own? community. I think that would kind of solve the issue of fighting over money. Secondly, yep. mm-hmm. Go ahead. secondly the prosecutor said uh, when he was on a couple of weeks ago,
3: mm-hmm.
7: that, that the prosecutors are available 24 hours a day, pretty much. So sure. how come they don't join the threshold computer at the jail with the computers at the city county building so that these uh, prosecutors can determine uh, what what bond is right for which, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for which crime the person commit. And lastly, I'm really concerned about this homosexual agenda being pushed on our children.
3: Mm-hmm.
7: I think this is a horrible thing. And um I, I just think that we need to t- just start taking a little more action and a little more control so that we don't so that we can get some meat and stop accepting these crumbs. Uh I know that's a big a big thing to do about the school situation, but we have a right to bring our children back to our own communities. Yep. So that's what I wanted to say and that's what was on my mind and I hope some guys out there can come up with some ideas to make that happen.
1: All right, appreciate you. Yeah, the IPS and the school charter school business is is as big news. Thank you for the call. Um, and I know uh, Kim from Empowered Family. She was one of the people saying, "I'm gonna get on this show. I'm gonna try to get on because I got something to say about this charter school business and and this referendum. Uh, yeah, that is a a, uh, a hotly uh, a hot issue still right now with these charter schools wanting um, IPS's money and um, You know, the the way the state law is, it's written in the favor to get these charter schools what it is they want. You know, it used to be before that, you know, maybe things weren't always as clear. You know, some things were being done under the table. But now it's being done legally right in front of your eyes because uh, that's what they voted on and and passed into law. Like, you know, now a, a public school, if they're not using the building that they paid for to build, Um, if they stop using it or they merge schools and that building is empty, the state law says they have to give that school up to a charter school for a dollar. How is that fair? It's legal, but whether you're Democrat, Republican, black, white, rich, poor, whatever district you're in, how does that make any sense? That if you as a taxpayer have paid for uh, a, a building and that the school has built this building, but suddenly decide, Hey, we need to, downsize okay that's one thing but now the state law says hey you have to give that building up for a dollar not that the that it has to go first to a charter school but that you can give it to a charter school you have to give it to them for a dollar that's one of the reasons why people are so upset because not only are the charter schools getting what it is that they want but the state law has made it completely legal and easy, it does not say in a lot of cases that things have to happen that way. But now there is a path, a legal path to get uh, what they want. And so that's one of the reasons among several that people are so upset uh, and so interested in this charter school situation. 317-239-1009. Let's keep going on the phones. Caller online too. good morning. Who's this? Hello. Good morning. Good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this?
8: Good morning. This is Anthony
6: Hampton.
1: Anthony, good morning. What's on your mind? You're live on the air. I
8: wanted to thank Gregory Merriweather for doing what he did to help support Robert Mm Shackleford, But I just wanted to get into, you know, your news show. You've been pretty much African-American, and you're talking about Mike Epps and a 60-year-old lady prostitute. When we're setting record numbers in homicides and gun violence during an election season, Mm -hmm. when your current mayor said that, It was COVID or pandemic reasons. He's passed out millions of dollars to black people that he pat on the back, pat on the head, put on the news, and our children and people are still dying. Since he's been in office, we've lost Mm -hmm. 1,300-plus black children, women, and young men to gun violence, plus the people that are using the guns to to commit these homicides and non-fatal shootings.
1: So what do you think we do about it, Anthony? We we talk about this all the time here on the show. We've done specials. We've done, you know, roundtables, whatever it is. We talk about it all the time. So give me something new. What is your uh, solution to curb this problem? Because you're right. There absolutely is a problem. It's not the only thing we're dealing with, My but it solution? is a problem.
8: Yeah, i got plenty of solutions. Go for it. The, the solutions that I'll bring to the table, Joe said, and OPHS refused to work with us.
1: Okay, give Currently me give, give me one the- real quick.
8: Okay, currently we have a 20 We have 20 teams of black men in a basketball league on Thursday and Friday night. Twelve of the teams are youth, eight teams are adults. Joe Halston, OPHS, refuses to pour any resources into anything that happens with poor black children unless it's through an organization that he funded. Mm-hmm. He funded several people, hundreds of thousands of dollars for basketball leagues, but they will not invest. He doesn't do prevention work. He's a former prosecutor, so everything he does is afterwards. Like, uh, uh he's not building up any black communities, but he'll go on the news and say he's building up Post Forty Second and Post Road. Then he said something about doing the Avenue, which will not have no black ownership. But he has to do it because it's a corridor into his milky white downtown. The problem is to pour into poor black communities we have no grocery stores if you help poor black people then the crime will go down but he's constantly ignoring poor black people to infuse money into the classes black people that vote for him or allow him in his church i'm gonna get off your line chandler Not please per- vote robin Shackleford for mayor of indianapolis and let's remove joe i prefer two shots in the morning hall thank you <laughs>
1: All right. Thank you so much for that call, Anthony. Appreciate it. 317-239-1009. 317-239-1009. Uh, just cleared another phone line. The phone lines are open. We're talking with you. You are the co-host. You are the guest. What is on your mind? A lot happening uh, here in, the, in Indy, in Indiana, across the nation. Bring it to us. Let us know uh, what is on your mind. 317-239-1009. Caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this?
6: All right, Cam, how are you doing, brother? 20 seconds. I know you have calls. real thick people. Uh, They got another find in Egypt and in old Nubian Kush. more pyramids. They found papyruses with all type of hieroglyphics. Get your children studying that. It's great. Study it, too. It goes back to us, what Kevin Hart said. Number two, you better pay attention to what happened out there in California with the SVB Bank, Silicon Valley Bank. That's the second largest bank in the history of this country to collapse like that with almost $200 billion in assets that they couldn't pay anything. You better start flossing out here and spending all your money up, and you better start saving, investing, and holding on to your resources. 08-09 is right there. Three, if you want to solve this problem, On a large scale of violence, you better stop talking about no uh, skills for our people. I like basketball for an outlet, but they need to be learning coding and trade skills. I get tired of calling for people to come do work in my home if it's a black. They're 50 and older coming to do it. Most of the time it's someone that don't look like us coming to do the skill work that requires hands to be done that you can't outsource. My profession, you can't outsource. So that's what would help more, skills, coding, and getting them skilled, trades. That definitely would help reduce the crime and get people who are sitting on this porch doing nothing into being productive citizens. Thank
1: you, Kim. All right. Thank you so much for the call. 317-239-1009. 317-239-1009. It is an open line Sunday. We're talking to you until 9 o'clock about what is on your mind and what's happening in and around Indy this week. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, Cameron. It's
9: Kim.
1: Good morning, Kim. You finally got in. I sure
9: did. I've been calling all morning. So I wanted to know, uh, as you know, I'm with Empower Family. Mm-hmm. We are for equitable funding for all the schools. Charter is a public school. That is what people are not understanding, and people are choosing to take their kids to the school. I don't have anything against IPS. I don't have anything against Charter. I I just want the kids to get a great education. All the children deserve a great education no matter what zip code they come from. So that is where I take my stance and you can have us on the radio one day and I'll bring my team to talk to you.
1: Now, make something clear because, for me, because a lot of the, I've heard some commercials that Yes. all I'm going to say are very interesting. Um, okay. And there's, I've seen other language that uh, doesn't quite make clear what people want so uh, let me ask you when we're talking about you know charter schools and all that when when you say um you're supporting the schools are you supporting the ips referendum to say yes or no the
9: first the second piece when it comes to the equitable funding no because all schools are not going to get the same funding now, the innovation schools, they will get a portion of that money, but the stand charters won't. And so we want everyone to get equal to it.
1: But wasn't uh, – I, I don't know if you've got kids or grandkids or family members that have gone to um, these charter schools. The, the The confusing part for people is, okay, you chose to send your kid Correct. to that charter school. And when you chose to send them there, you knew what the funding situation is, and you said that that was good enough for you. Why all of a sudden do these charter schools um, who have said that they could come in and do it for cheaper and they could do it better on their own with their own curriculum, why all of a sudden should they be entitled to get uh, another school district's money? Well, I think some families,
9: And I'm not going to say all. Some families might not have known that the money will go with their children to whatever school they go to. But when they go to the charter schools, it didn't go. And that's something that needs to be clear. That's why we are asking for the money to go with their children.
1: But that was was known beforehand. That was no secret. That was the entire... Uh, gist of the charter school was that we could do it differently with a different formula, model. Uh, it it just seems that all of a sudden that something is, is changed. That we're talking, we're no longer talking about how charter schools can do it different and better. Right. Only thing we're talking right. about now is that charter schools want more money.
9: Correct. And I think um, when it comes to it, you know, we had new parents coming into, into the system, and they might not know. You know, we just want to make it very clear
1: to everyone. All right. We'll talk some more about this on another day. There's more stuff with uh, that referendum and stuff that I'm looking into. Yes. And we'll, we'll, we'll we'll make a show for that.
9: Okay. Thank you. All right, have a thanks.
1: wonderful day. You too, Kim. Thanks for calling. 317-239-1009. It's open line Sunday. Caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Yeah,
5: this is Mike Wally.
1: Mike, you're live uh, on the air.
5: Uh, thank you. Thank you for taking my call to Cameron. I'd just like to say that I'm a resident of Pike Township, mm-hmm. and I would like to uh, ask the voters of Pike Township to vote for Kim Boyd, Council District 5, because of the fact she's drafted, she's been a proven leader, community organizer, and she's experienced. And she's led the remonstration to keep IMPD Northwest headquarters in Pike Township. As well as um, my. I don't live in that district, but I support her as well. And I live in District 1, and I you support Leroy Robinson as well. He's been a proven leader. He's been a support in District 1 and has done a lot for Pike. And you know, I just ask that everyone in Pike consider those two um, candidates. Thank you.
1: Alright, thank you so much. Kim Boyd running for City County Counselor against uh, the incumbent uh, uh, and well-known uh, Maggie Lewis. Uh, that is uh, a race that is uh, got got some, some competition on both sides of it. So all right, thank you for the call. Three one seven two three nine one zero zero nine. Caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this?
10: Good morning. This is Sherry. Hi, Sherry. Um, hello. I was calling because when I deal with I deal with a lot of zip codes and uh, around our city, mm-hmm. and I see a lot of problems. One caller just called about things about the basketball teams, and I agree somewhat with him. Mm-hmm. But right now, even in our children with the good parents who are guiding their kids is having problems. And I feel like some of the problems we are having in our community is our children across the board in 50 states are watching and seeing too much uh, in their hands. And I don't mean the phones. I mean just social media, um, which brings a lot of anger to our children. Um, I think we need to start tithing, censoring ties Censoring. Things. and one thing that i would like to see throughout the uh district is
3: mm-hmm.
10: trying to um sensitizing our kids from six and down and let them like get basic educated skills in them. Uh the one other caller said that around the city we don't have our black gentlemen at an early age uh working in construction. Our kids are not being put forth like in a professional. Or how about uh, when I was growing up, we used to do uh, Screen Your Parent Day. We don't see our black children getting those professional days seen in their eye gates. And I think that's something we need to do um, as a unit all across the board with our children. The second thing... When it comes to the schools, I would like us to see if we can start regulating our schools, making sure all schools, IPS and charter schools, are doing the same basic thing in the school, because some charter schools are excelling and some aren't. And do we know the statistics on that? That's something that I would like to see us knowing the statistics of the education our kids are having. Thank you. Um, That's all I wanted to say. Mm
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for calling. I appreciate that. And yeah, the charter school thing, uh, they are not uh, held to the same standards as your public, your regular public schools, whether it be IPS or Washington Township or Perry Township or Wayne Township or Noblesville or Carmel or Greenwood. Charter schools are not held to the same uh, standards. But uh, what they're asking for is they want the same money. And I promise I'm not trying to be cute about any of this. Um, that's literally what it is. They are being held to a different standard, but they want uh, the same funding. That is what this fight is all about. Uh, 317-239-1009, 317-239-1009. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this?
0: Good morning, Cameron. It's Donna.
1: Hi, Donna. Good morning.
0: On the charter school, you're absolutely right what you just said. They don't operate on the same wavelength. They came in and said we can do better with less. Mm Mm-hmm. That was the chose to come in on, and now to come in and say, well, let's see if we can get some of this money. It shouldn't be that way because they sold themselves as a better product for less, mm-hmm. and now to want to put their hand in the kitty for IPS. Additionally, the building for a dollar and some of these uh, systems, these charter schools are not even from within our boundaries, that the legislature put that in motion, that should – that itself is so harmful if they can give it to an outside charter for a dollar then they can give it to a local charity for a dollar and so to think that they can come now and say yeah we want we want a part of that money but that's not how you came to the game Mm -hmm. and that the legislature thought that that was okay my question is do you know if that is the standard across the entire state or just here in Marion County
1: say that last question one more time
0: Is that the standard that's in place across Indiana as far as a charter coming into a community and that's Indiana. That's Indiana. Across, across the entire state. A charter can do that.
1: Yep. That is That is Indiana. So if, if you and me decide we're going to open up uh, a charter in Fort Wayne and Fort Wayne's got a building that they aren't really uh, that, that they might be using, but they're not using it for educational purposes. Maybe they've that's why these schools keep coming up with different things to use these buildings for. We could take that building for a dollar.
0: Okay, and so money-wise, are they, are they all across the state now telling all the public schools we want to get a part of your money that we said we didn't need in the first place?
1: Well, that's the interesting part, because all of the charter schools are in two counties, Marion County, which is Indianapolis, and Lake County in Gary.
0: I well, think there you, ha- there
1: you have it. I think the reason you're not, and to go even further, in Marion County, all I've all There's like 63 charter schools, all of them, except for one, is in Center Township, which is in IPS. So I've said on this show before, this is not just about picking on IPS. The only reason you keep hearing us say IPS is because that's where the schools are. But you be- believe you me, the second uh, that somebody tries to open up a charter school in Carmel, in Greenwood, in Wayne Township, and in South Bend... In
0: we yes. Yes, what we did in Pike, right?
1: Yes, that, and that's why I said there's only one somewhere else. And so yes. the people of Pike we said no. We shut it no. down. Exactly. We shut it
0: down. We shut it down. And as a community, no, don't bring that in. Don't come and start diluting our system and confusing our children and our system and setting our system up. And so that the legislature and whomever, the city think that that's okay here in Marion County and you said Lake County, or Marion County, that tell, that's the tale of the tape right there, Cameron. And this is a story that needs to be front and center for the long haul.
1: You're right. And the only reason it's not a bigger story is because people are thinking, oh, well, that's just affecting IPS. No, no, no. The second that somebody tries to open up a charter school outside of IPS, whether it be in Franklin Township or Perry Township or Carmel or Greenwood or uh, Lafayette, then it becomes a bigger story. But the same rules will apply. This is not an IPS thing. They just so happen to be in IPS's district. And they
0: won't they won't expand anytime soon we probably know that already but this is definitely i hope that you keep it on the radar i hope you bring in you can bring in uh, you should bring in conversation from both sides but it's not a whole lot that we need to see at this point because they came to the dance and said we can do this this way this way no we don't need that over there and now they want to flip the script and we need to stop them at the door
1: yep that's i mean that's literally what it is i know sometimes in politics sometimes it's like what are you really trying to say are you trying to be cute or no this time it's it's very clear the script has been flipped and it's legal the law was changed so that they could get they could do what they are asking for and so that's part of why this is so controversial so donna thank you so much for the call thank you all right, that's going to do it for this edition of Open Lines. Look at that. We ran out of time, and the phone lines are still ringing. We are back same time, same station, next Sunday, live at 8. I do plan to have Bob Kern, who is another Democrat, running for the mayor of Indianapolis. We'll be giving Bob a call, and we'll hope to have you back here. I'll be back tomorrow morning on TV, 5 a.m. starting on CBS 4, and 4 a.m. on Fox 59. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Middle. Have a great Sunday. Stay warm. Bye.